anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. You're Ron, and I'm Tom. <laughs> I am Ron, and, and that's Tom over there. I, I forgot my line. Oh, boy. Well, for a second, I thought you forgot your name. <laughs> uh, it's been one of those days. It just feels like everything is topsy-turvy. I don't know why. Yep. Um, that's the second week in a row I did that. I, I think I brain farted the first time last week, too, didn't I? It sounds familiar. Maybe it sounds familiar. <laughs> Maybe it's time for you to take over and start. No, no, you're doing fine. Oh, am I? Yep. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I am Ron. And I'm Tom. So, happy belated Father's Day. Yeah, happy uh, belated Father's Day, everybody. First off, it was uh, last weekend was Father's Day. Um, I, I saw you posted a Father's Day video I did. on, uh, on Facebook. I did. Uh, of your, uh, what was that, a 50cc SBOC running? Yep. Yep, at the uh, part of the package deal I got here, we talked about a couple episodes ago. <clears throat> finally got it running and uh, sounds good, runs good. Um, so I hope everybody who's following us on Facebook got to see that. Uh, thanks to my wife for posting that. Yeah, that was a that was a good sounding engine. So yeah, I, I, I like I, the sound of those little twins. Yeah, it's well, a, little. It's fifty cc. It's big to me, but um, I, I don't <laughs> know what's big and what's not. So yeah, I guess it's relative, right? <laughs> <laughs> it does sound good though. I'm I'm interested to uh to hear that actually yeah. go up in the air and see. I like the sound like. of the mufflers over over the pipes, over the can or whatever you call cans, them. Yeah, yeah, whatever they're called. That yeah, the the cans are a lot quieter, and I, I think it's probably more of a oh, what's what I'm looking for? Um, a subdued sound, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the mufflers they just sound better, and and I like the look of the the two little the two stacks the two stacks coming yeah. out of the the bottom of the cowl. So yep. I don't know, my the big yak has the uh, the cans on it, but maybe yeah. it's time to to louden it up a little bit. I don't yeah. know, louden it up. I like loud, it. Well, that's yeah. it. It told you what I was trying to say. It, it so absolutely did <laughs> to make it louder. Whether that's a word or not, it is now. <laughs> So anyway. yeah, I, I just wanted to thank my wife for setting up the Facebook. If you haven't followed us on Facebook, do that. It's RC Plane Lab. Uh, if you do a quick search, you'll it will pop up there, and you'll be able to see that video and other stuff we may or may not get to put up there. Yeah, is that how that works? I'm I'm so Facebook yeah. not <laughs> smart. Um, actually, I think the last thing I posted on my Facebook page was. Oh, I think it was a picture of Piper right after she was born. She was so that's born, been yeah. three and a half years ago. That's been so a little while ago. Yeah. Obviously, I don't get on there very often. Yeah. Um, well, Lori, Lori is, uh, um, she's really good at it, and uh, so she, you know, posted that. But she and I both uh, manage or run, if you will, another Facebook page. For, oh, so for you're our running group. You're so a pro. I'm not a pro, not a pro, but I'm familiar with how to post videos and pictures. So you're we'll practiced. do stuff like that. You practiced. practiced there you it. go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, which that reminds me too. Speaking of pictures, I ended up uh, finally, after how many months, uh, posted your picture on our website. Yeah. Um, so if anybody wants to see what uh, Tom looks like, see they how can... ugly I am and how right. I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't gonna say it, but I kind of agree. It's okay. Um, no. Hey, I know my weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can see what Tom looks like. He's holding his. Uh, 
uh, his P40 in, in the picture on the mm-hmm. uh, the About Us page on the rcplanelab.com. Yeah, we talked about we talked about what we did that day, you know, in one of our previous episodes. So that that's a picture of it. Yeah, the uh, uh, that that was a nice looking plane. I, I mm-hmm. really liked when you when you flew that. It looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. I actually got mine out of the box and finally and finally started putting it together. <laughs> um, only difference is I don't think I'm going to do the retracts. Let's on. see. It's only been how many years? Actually, that's a good question. When did we get that? That's been a while. Because like, were... mine was has been built for at least, I'm going to say two and a half to three years at least. And you didn't build it right away, did no. you? No, I because did not. Because it was, it was way before. It was before, in the box for a while. It was way before Piper that I did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably been, what, six, seven years? It's got to be in that time frame, yeah. Because there were four of us at the same time that bought it. Right. Um. I know two of us have not put them together yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on mine, but the other guy has not. Mm-hmm. I think the other one that bought one has already. Who knows? I think he put it together first, but yeah, I, I think I thought he was the first one to assemble his and get yeah, rid of it. Maybe. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, assemble it and get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever flew it, but no. which is probably why it's still able to be sold <laughs> at that point. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so Good there were four point. of us, and 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 that's what ended up happening with those. And we were mm-hmm. the plan, which never came to fruition, was for all of us to build it over that winter. Right. Uh, we were going to get together and have a little build party and and put them all together. But life just never know, happened. It never happened. Yeah. We're going to have our own squadron of P forties. There you go. I'll have to put different numbers on mine though than than what you had. Right. Yeah, I had the grand you know grand plan. I was going to recover mine and and do a completely different. Uh, Oh really? Yeah, I was gonna do a white-tailed P40N version, but yeah, never. It just never, never happened. I built mine, and no one else built theirs. <laughs> well, I'm doing it now, so you well, can you help me now, if you finally, want. Yeah. But like I said, I'm I'm not doing the the retracks. You did okay. the retracks on yours, mm-hmm. man. I cannot justify 160 bucks. Oh on yeah, two retracks. Those E-flight rotating retracks are not cheap. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not made of money. <laughs> well. There is a oh, limit. Oh, wait, you bought some, huh? Yeah. There, well, yeah, back, was it four years ago when I put it together? Five, maybe even? I don't know. I yeah. said two or whatever. It's, yeah, it's been a while. Well, I mean, I had the components before I put it together. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, they're, those uh, retracts are not uh, not cheap. You have a, a Sato on yours, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. I believe I went with the 72. And I ended up getting a motor off of you for mine. Mm-hmm. So what is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Super Tiger. Okay. Uh, 45, a G45. See, you're bringing me back into this nitro stuff. And <laughs> I, I, I think I need to start going a little bit more uh, towards electric. I don't know. Electrics I, are nice. I like electrics too. I mean, I, I really have nothing against them. I just prefer nitro. I, um, the noise, the smell. It's nice. The mess doesn't bother me. The mess bothers me. Yeah. That's the one part I don't like. It's like, oh my gosh, that nitro fuel just gets everywhere. And it's hard to clean up when you're done. Uh, I think. Absolutely right. But it's a shame they discontinued that airplane. Yeah. I noticed that, like, you cannot get that anymore. You can't get a lot of parts for it anymore. I don't understand why they do that. I, I really. Like, obviously, I haven't built a lot of planes. I'd like to get more into it. Mm-hmm. But when you build your own plane, you have a set of plans. And if anything ever happens to that plane, no big deal. You just rebuild a wing if you need to rebuild a wing or if you, you know, smash the fuselage or, or do something like that. You know how to fix it. Right. You don't have to worry about <clears throat> getting 
replacement parts that are no longer available. So, I mean, like, why why do they do that? Why do they discontinue? And actually, I think, if I remember right, we bought those when they were being discontinued. That's why we bought four of them. And that's why they were so, because we right. didn't pay very much for no, them. No, they were. It was sub 100 bucks, if was, I remember yeah. right. I mean, they may have been like 99 bucks. Yeah, something, something in, like in there, but. I mean, I mean, why do they do that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I have a theory. You know, a lot of people are are good pilots, and they they hold on to their airplanes for many, many years. Well, that's not good for an airplane manufacturer, now, is it? If you're not crashing an airplane, why would you need to buy new ones? So if maybe they discontinue them and quit supporting them with extra parts or whatever. Maybe they're generating, you know demand for their new products. I mean, I, I really, I don't have an answer. And it's a shame, unfortunately, because airplanes like this little P-40 and, and lots of planes, you know, like it and, and you know, previous to it, the same have suffered the same fate. Great flying airplanes that, that they don't make anymore. It's a shame, but, you know, that's why that's why we like to build them. Yeah, I, I've noticed there's a lot of stuff, though, even with building them that's been discontinued. And it's 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 kind of disheartening. You know, especially when somebody like me is just getting into it, uh, as opposed to somebody that's, you know, like you, that's been into it for the last, I don't know, 72 years. <laughs> 72 years. <laughs> but, you know, you have the tools. You have everything from the heyday, I guess, of the hobby yeah. when all this stuff was available. Was, and yeah. now for me, you know, it's, I guess, the the stuff that you can buy isn't necessarily the same quality or the same... Uh, well, yeah, pretty much the same quality as, as what was out before. Like, you know, we talked about that covering iron and how the one that I bought brand new from Hangar 9 just has a temperature swings that the other one doesn't. Right. Um, and kind of like that adjustable, or the, the well, no, what's that called? The adjusto jig, the wing jig that the I got building jig, from, yeah. from Jim a couple weeks ago. Um, I actually ended up taking that apart completely and cleaning it and... Um, it's in a lot better shape now. I ended yeah. up, I built a new nice hype. mace that you made for it too. Yeah, I made that with CNC machine, so it Very uh, cool. it uh, fits it nicely, and then I can store it up in my uh, in my rafters in the basement. So that way, when I don't need it, it's out of the way. Out of the way. Yep. Um, you don't have to worry no, about. It looks very nice. It looks like it. new. I mean, it looks looks very nice. Well, thank you. You're I mean, welcome. hopefully, I'll be able to use it. Oh, you'll a few be able times to use it. Without, probably going to uh, build a couple of duelist wings on it, right? Well, we'll see. Or at least a couple of panels, anyway. I mean, that that's the plan, but it's slowly coming, too. I don't know <laughs> when that's going to happen, but we'll figure it out. Um, we'll get there. But, you know, speaking of discontinued stuff, we uh, the club fly-in, the open house, whatever you want to call it, was last weekend. Yeah. And um, one of our friends was out there with uh, one of his big airplanes that he just got. Mm-hmm. I, I It was a biplane of some sort. I, right. I don't know my plane, so I don't know what it is. Uh, to be honest, I, I can't remember what what that biplane is either. It's a it's a model of a of a full size biplane. It's not an ultimate, but it's a it's a big big biplane powered yeah. by a one hundred and fifty. Yeah, so it's a DA one hundred and fifty. Yeah. He he didn't know the wingspan. Um, it's big, but the body for is a biplane big. even it's big. Yeah, it, it's good size. <clears throat> um, but it was covered with a, a really nice looking covering. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, I like the color and I like the finish on it. It was not the normal like high gloss finish that you get with monocoat or uh, or ultra coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, I was asking you about it. Yeah, it looks like painted fabric. It does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was asking you about what it was and stuff and where I can get it. And I, of course, the same thing. Like with everything else, it's discontinued. 
Um, you said it was cover coverite made by coverite. Yeah, it's called twenty first century fabric. Yeah. So coverite made. Yes, that was the name of the company, coverite, and the oh. line and the line of product was called twenty first century, and they made a film and a fabric in that line. So. I thought 21st Century was the company then. So was that a different company than who made the uh, uh, the iron? Coverite. Same company. So It's a Coverite 21st Century iron. Oh, okay. To go along with their 21st Century covering materials. Gotcha. So is that company then Coverite out of business? Yes. Oh. Unfortunately. That's too bad. Yeah. All the cool stuff is gone. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. And, that, I, and that's really cool covering because for anyone who, who's not familiar, um, it was a it was a fabric... A heat shrinkable, heat heat activated adhesive on the backside, just like monocoat or ultra coat, um, but it was a painted fabric. So it it looked when it was applied, it looked like painted fabric, like you had you know covered your airplane in fabric and then painted it. And is it fairly light too? Then it's not particularly light. Um, it weighs about what a a painted airframe would weigh. Um, so it's a little bit, it would come out a little bit heavier than a monocoat or an ultra coat paint job or a covering job. But, uh, nice thing about it was it was iron on, you know, and it, and it actually would shrink a little, you know, wouldn't, it wouldn't shrink like monocoat does. But, uh, if you paid attention, if you were careful with the application of it, you could make it look really, really nice like that biplane. And so it, it, it went on the same way monocoat did? Very similar. Yep. So you iron it on. Yeah. The temperature range was a little different, but, uh. Yeah, you but just uh, yeah, you cut it to fit the panel, and you you know tack it in a few places and work it like you do monocoat. And the the thing about the the twenty first century fabric was that it was not, I mean, it would shrink, but there was definitely a limit to how much it would shrink. You know, monocoat we can get it to shrink quite a bit, you know, depending on how much heat we pour onto. Like monocoat, you can <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, you can really get monocoat to go around a compound curve or, yeah, or whatever wing to, tips. You know, if you really or, yeah. really put the heat to it, but uh, the twenty first century fabric you. There was a limit. Once it was shrunk, you know, that was it. So you had to be careful about how you applied it. You know, you wanted to make sure that it was taut when you applied it. But yeah, it's good looking covering that uh, we can't get anymore. Yeah, and whoever whoever built that did a, a great job on it. And the thing that I really liked about it too, compared to all the other, and you know, which one better, ultra coat or monocoat? I never keep them separate. But there was no sags in it in the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no no bubbles, no nothing on yeah. that. Um, it was a quality build. And I mean, whoever built that, yeah, did a very good job. So when it, when it comes to covering with, you know, like alternative methods, because like nowadays, monocoat and ultra coat seem to be the main covering material that most people use. Not everybody, but like getting into the alternate methods, like I've never done a fabric airplane or anything like that. How how hard is that to do? How heavy is that compared to monocoat? And is that something maybe I would want to look into for the yak? Okay. I'm not an expert on, on painted fabric coverings. I've done it, um, on a, you know, in, in, in the past. Um, in my experience, depending, I mean, there's lots of ways to achieve a painted fabric finish. Okay. Uh, you can you can do it with silk and dope. You can do it with SIG coverall and, and paint. You can do it with fiberglass even um, and polyester resin or epoxy resin. There's lots of ways to accomplish it. And there's lots of new materials on the market now also that make the application easier and less messy and smelly. Like there's a lot of water-based stuff that we can use now, like water-based uh, polyurethanes, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
because of the new materials, they're getting lighter and lighter and lighter. But I mean, to be honest, um, every time I've every time I've compared a painted fabric covering compared to an iron-on, you know, monocoat or ultracoat, it's always heavier. Um, the degree to which it's heavier is going to depend on the skill of the you know of the of the person who applied it. And I am not <laughs> that skilled, to be honest. And I would not be either. My last go around with fabric covering was SIG coverall that I applied with SIG Stixit so that I could iron it on instead of, you know, doping it on like you do the traditional method. Um, and then I painted it and it looked great. It really did, but it was heavy. I mean, it was very heavy. On a six pound plane, 40 size, you know, six ish pounds, I think that airplane almost weighed nine pounds when I was done. Oh, wow. So, and now granted, you know, I'm not skilled. I don't do that finish often. And I'm sure with, with um, experience and, you know, you develop a technique probably and make it lighter, but I don't think you can compete weight-wise with an iron-on film covering. Well, and that makes sense because those coverings are so thin. I mean, there's nothing to them, really. You're not putting a lot of weight on there. And obviously, if you paint it, um, and then if you have to put any kind of adhesive on it, if you have to put any kind of uh, like a, a finish, um, like polyurethane or something like that before you paint it, or even after you paint it, that's all adding a lot of right. weight. And so, then if it's a nitroplane, don't forget to make sure that your final coat is fuel-proof. I didn't even think of that. So there's you know potentially more weight if you're not using a fuel-proof finish. Yeah, and that reminds me, you uh, when I when we did the the telemaster, the uh, the struts I made, I I didn't I didn't even think about it. I uh, sandblasted them and then I just painted them with uh, you know a shaker can of uh, Krylon something like that. And you told me that that's not going to work because apparently those are going to get nitro fuel on them and then that I mean what's it do to it does it just it'll soften the paint and the paint will come off eventually and then it gets sticky and slimy and messy so I'm going to have to go and hard to clean off I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to sandblast all that again and then probably run them through a or uh, if they're not if they're not terribly you know coated with nitro now you could clean them off well and then coat them with something like a clear um I think polyurethanes if given enough time to cure before you go fly, I think those are somewhat fuel-proof. An epoxy paint would be would be the most ideal situation because epoxy is is nearly impervious to anything. Or powder coating them. Powder coating them would be a good option too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about doing actually is powder coating them because I can do that um, here at home right, out in the shop So because they're pretty small. And I think I'm pretty sure I have some black powder coat. They'll fit in the oven? Yeah. There you go. Maybe I'll have to, I'll do that then instead of anything else. It, it's just, you know, I guess good to know. And that's right. another reason why I like to stay away from nitro. And you uh, keep, you keep uh, bringing me so in electrics, you don't have to worry about this. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to mess up an electric airplane. Well, I mean, in all fairness, I, I don't paint a lot of things with my, with the nitros because um, I somewhat stick to the 40 size and smaller. And usually we don't have, you know, ancillary structures like wing struts or landing gear or whatever that needs painted. So I don't do a lot of painting. And when I do, um, like for instance, a firewall or an engine area that I want to fuel proof, I'll just mix up some epoxy, put a few drops of uh, denatured or isopropyl alcohol in it, thin it down to brushing consisti consistency, say that word, <laughs> and then uh, maybe put a couple of drops of food, you know, black food dye or whatever in it to color it. And then I'll paint the the firewall with that and it's fuel proof forever then 
Oh, I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good, that's good a quick, idea. quick and dirty way to fuel proof something. And so then it just sets up like regular epoxy then? Yep. Wow. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yep. So what do you do like on your gear then? Like on the Telemaster, obviously, it's just what, landing well, the Telemaster is wire landing steel. gear. Yeah, just steel gear. So you don't even have to paint that if you don't want to. So on planes you build that are just, you know, formed gear like that, do you not paint them? Mm-mm. I don't. Oh. Unless I'm going for like a scale look, like if it was a cub or something, I might paint it. But no, like on the plane I flew this past weekend, uh, bare steel gear. I've never painted them. I don't even think I paid attention to that. Exactly. So Didn't even notice. I, I didn't. So that's okay. Um, <laughs> so speaking of the plane you flew this weekend, right. we... Uh, like I said, it, it was the um, uh, the flying out of the field. You yeah. had a little issue with that airplane with flutter. I think it was, well, it sounded like flutter. Possible issue yeah. with flutter. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, so let's talk about flutter. Uh, flutter is bad, okay? Um, Very undesirable. Yeah, and what it is, is uh, it, it can affect any of the control surfaces. So it can affect your ailerons, your rudder, your elevator, any control surface that's hanging out there in the air. Um, and what it is is flutter is a rapid oscillation of that control surface, basically, while you're flying. And uh, So, it, like, the wind catches it on one side, pushes it one way, and then goes the other right. side, gets pushed, and right. then... Remember as a kid, you know, you used to take the blade of grass and you put it between your thumbs, you used to blow through it, and it would make this awful screeching, No, I could never do that. Really? I watched other people do that. I could never do that. You could really. You never took the piece of grass and put. I it tried. Through? You tried. I tried. And you could never get it to make I a noise. Do it. No. Really. I couldn't put my hands in my mouth and whistle either. You know how people do well, that. Well, I can't do that either. But oh, good. I'd always fake it though. Like <laughs> I like whistle normally, but then just hold my fingers up to my mouth so it looked like I was doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no, I could never make the grass. Well, if you if you can if you can imagine you you've got this blade of grass and it's <laughs> vibrating very 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 fast and making this noise. Now I want to go try it again. It's kind of that's kind of like what flutter is. It, it it's just like I said a rapid oscillation and it, and it usually is accompanied by a noise. Um, you know, it, to me it sounds like a kind of a low pitched humming noise, if you will, kind of like a. It sounds like when an A ten fires its guns. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah, sounds that's that kind way. Kind of what what. It, I kind of thought of when I heard it. Yeah, and then and that's what led me to believe that it and flutter's bad. I mean, if you hear that noise while you're flying and it sounds like it's coming from your airplane, reduce the throttle, you know, slow down a bit, come in and land and and check everything because if it if it's left unchecked, um it it can it can do very very bad things to your airplane. But um, it can do it very quickly. Very right? quickly. I mean yeah. like sometimes without notice. Sometimes you hear the noise and bang, your wing disintegrates. Or you hear the noise and bang, off goes your rudder. I mean, it, it happens. It can happen very, very fast. And what causes the failure? It's a looseness of some component of the of the control system. So it's either a, a loose ball link or a you know some um, uh, backlash in the gear train of the servos, or it could be a lot of things, oversized hole, clevis pinholes in your control horns. That's a big one. Anything that, that would allow that surface to move without being moved by the servo can cause it. And what, so like, how do you check for it? 
So the, some of the telltale signs are elongated holes in the, in, this, in the control horns or the servo arms from the pin, you know, vibrating in that hole. Uh, another uh, telltale sign is uh, an enlarged hinge gap. So if the, if the control surface has oscillated to the point where it's tried to pull the hinges out, now you're going to see this big gap. That's, you know, okay. that's one sign. But, but the biggest one is the noise. And that's what I thought I heard when I was flying. And you thought, you, you didn't even know what really flutter sounded like. And you said, hey, that does, that sounds strange. Well, I couldn't tell if it was coming from, because you were the only one flying at the time. Right. But I couldn't tell if it was coming from your airplane or if it was coming like from somebody behind us doing something else. Um, yeah, it, I didn't obviously know what it was at the time listening to it. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things now that I've heard it, I know definitely what to, what to listen to again. Right. Uh, or what to listen for again. Yeah. So, so it did it It did it once and I was like, that sounded like it could have been. So I backed off and made another pass and I you know, committed the cardinal sin. I tried to replicate the flutter, which you shouldn't, I don't recommend doing, but I just wanted to be sure. Um, and the airplane was flying fine. I didn't notice anything weird with the control. So I did another pass and I thought I heard that sound again. I think we did. So then I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. And then I and then I decided to go ahead and reduce the throttle and bring it in for that really awful landing thanks to the wind. It was very yes. very windy this yeah. weekend. I think that contributed to the to the poor turnout. Honestly. Yeah, it was uh so I haven't been to a fly-in at that field for for several years now. And I was a little uh disappointed. I guess you could say with the with the I turnout. So uh, we were there, oh, what four or five hours, give or take, with I think with that's people, about right. yep. you know, with the with the full house there, with mm-hmm. everybody that was still there, and I think there might have been eight or nine flights. Yeah, it was it was um, it was not not the greatest turnout I've seen there, unfortunately. Yeah. And it was uh, so I, I guess I understand the the the. We're, we're still getting through this COVID thing and things are starting to open up yeah. more. So would that have, I mean, like, I think so. You're around there more than right. I am. Is, is that something? That, I think so. Like, have you, did you go last year? I did. And what was that like? And the turnout was better. I, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I don't recall exactly what it was, but you know, the conditions were better last year. I don't think we got, uh, we didn't get the wind like we did this year. Um, and we weren't, and we weren't trying to get through this COVID situation either. So, um, but yeah, this is certainly the lowest turnout I've ever seen for this event yeah. that, that hasn't been rained out or some other reason. Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing too. I guess they were calling for there rain. There was a threat forgot, of rain. So, so yeah. Um, but there were, and that's probably what kept a lot of the out of town people from coming too. Like in the, in, in the previous open houses we've had, I mean, we've had demonstration teams from, you know, Champagne come to, to fly there and fly new products and demonstrate stuff and, um, championship uh, you know a few years ago uh championship uh, imac pilot came and you know did a cool demonstration for us which none of that this year and i think probably the weather the forecasted weather probably kept a lot of that a lot of those people away a lot of people from from traveling too probably because of just everything right um but yeah i mean they were calling for wind and they were calling for a, a a fairly decent chance of of rain um so I guess it was good the rain stayed away. I mean, it did, yeah. We had a few clouds roll in, but nothing, nothing that was bad. Um, but there were a lot. Well, 
not a lot in general, but for the amount of flights that we had yeah. that we saw, there were a lot of crashes. Um, right. Just uh, one guy went down on the corn, um, which was unfortunate because that was it was a fifty cc something or another plane yeah, that he was flying. Like an extra. It was a nice, I, I nice really like that plane. Mm-hmm. It sounded good too. Yeah, it did. I don't know what was on it, but uh, it had a good sound to it. Um, but the corn ended up coming over and and poking a hole in the top of one of his wings. Yeah. And Minimal damage, but still, yeah, out it's of the still corn. damage that you right. have to go home and fix, fix. that you don't want yeah. to do. Um, there was another another guy that had a actually he ended up landing it, but he had a, um, had to do a dead stick because his motor died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody else I don't remember what it was, but they ended up just lawn darting it right into oh, the, the rare bear. Yeah, a little foamy. Yeah. I think that was wind related. I really do. Actually, I think the big extra out in the corn and that, and that rare bear, I believe they were both related to the really nasty wind we had. So at our field, you know, our, we have the, we have the benefit of having an east west runway, which is good for us because the, the prevailing winds for us is, are usually from the west. But, um, so, but if there's a, if there's a component to the wind that is from the south, um, that's bad for us because directly behind our pit, which is to the south, are, is a fairly large row of trees, which affects the you know the wind pattern as the wind comes from the south or rolls over those trees and then rolls across the runway. You get really unpredictable you know wind patterns that are hard to you know hard to fly through, especially hard to land through. Yeah, a lot of downdrafts and all that come right. across them. So um, yeah, it's nice that it's nice that we have the east-west runways, but on windy days when there's a when there's a southerly you know, blow, if you will. Um, it, it's not so great. <laughs> that definitely was happening that day. Oh, I mean, man. it was, it we was gusty. Gusts too. Yeah. yeah. And, but with that rare bear though, that's what you called it, right? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, like he was just doing a simple like sweep to come in and do a run down the runway and it just flipped upside down and instead of going down the runway, like he was wanting to, it just went straight into the, into the ground and it, uh, yeah, it kind of made it into a lot of pieces. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of large pieces left. Of that no, well, it, well and it was foam too, so it didn't. True. Yeah, it didn't stand a chance from the beginning. Yeah. Although it's not like it would. I watched the takeoff. I watched the uh, or the launch, if you will, of that airplane too, and the launch was pretty hairy. So I was expecting. Not, I wasn't expecting a crash, but I was expecting an interesting landing. That was an interesting landing. Yeah, I. Yeah, that wind was pretty bad. It maybe that should have been canceled and pushed to another weekend. You know, the more I think about it. Yeah, it's so hard to reschedule stuff like that though, because there's so much that goes into it. I mean, even even our little small event. I mean, you still had you know they were they were serving lunches, and so you had to arrange for people you know that could take time off of their work schedules or whatever, so that they could come and prepare the lunch. I mean, there's a lot that that goes into these things. That's yeah. hard to reschedule. Especially usually, at a you know on a late notice. Usually though, isn't there like a rain date or something? That we used to do that when the when the turnouts were huge, okay. and uh, like when we used to, so our field where it's located now is not the original location. You know, we used to have it further further east there on that well, on that it's, spot. It's the same runway. Yeah, yeah, but it's just a different spot on the on the on the property. If right. You will. Um. So back when when you know when our event was really really big. Uh, they did. They would have a rain date, and you could get a late notice rain date because they had all the arrangements done. But for such a small club and and the small turnouts that that we've been getting for you know club events, it it's just it's not feasible to 
to do a rain date because of the, all the planning that's involved and <clears throat> the numbers of people that you know you expect. We do have the advantage of having, um, so like the runway is it's designed for a full size airplane. It's a private runway, mm-hmm. um, and so we have like the club has what like six hundred foot runway or something. I yeah, think is what right. they keep mode uh, just for the RC planes, and then on either side of that. Grass is cut a little bit longer for the the big plane to actually take off right. whenever he needs to to take off and land. Um, yeah, occasionally, so, occasionally we'll get a one seventy two in there uh, while we're flying on a if the weather's nice and he's you know the owner of the of the property's got a friend coming in or whatever he has a one seventy two that he lands there. So you can imagine it's a good size runway. Yeah, so it's it's a decent size runway. It's it's longer than you would want to fly your plane away. Yes, um, absolutely. Which makes it very nice for when you do have. Uh, unfortunate events, mm. I, I would say, and you have to land um, not necessarily where you want to, like if you have an engine out or something like that, you can really land it farther away from you and not worry about hitting anything. Right. Uh, as opposed to some of these other fields that we've seen or even that we've uh, visited to where you have this much room and if you overshoot a little bit, you got a tree on the other side. Yeah. So yeah, we're fortunate in that regard. We don't, we don't have those, those issues. Yeah. Something else interesting we saw there, uh, something you don't, or I don't see very often, and words that I that I don't really imagine I say together very often. But we saw a turbine-powered glider. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I wish I, I apologize. I wish I, I wish I could tell you what it was. It was big, and mm-hmm. uh, I think I think uh, the guy told me it had a King Tech one twenty. I think is what he said. That's... So it was a turbine. Yeah, um, <clears throat> powered glider. It was in Red Bull colors. If that maybe maybe somebody can chime in and tell us what that is maybe i'll do a google search you know eventually but something i never really thought i would uh i would see at our field especially yeah and he said though that it's made to have one mounted on top of it like that right so i mean right. that's what it's built yeah, that's for. what it's for yeah you know, he's, i just he said, never seen one before. yeah he said he has a couple other gliders that you know would not handle the stresses that a motor like that puts on it but i mean watching him fly that thing around it uh I was surprised how much like the wingtips were given. Oh yeah, and, you know they were flexing. giving flexing up and mm-hmm. down. I mean there was there was a lot to it when he was right. doing the flips and all that kind of stuff. So, um, obviously they're built for it because nothing broke. Nothing broke. But there was a lot. I was surprised. I was, I was surprised at how um, how agile that airplane was for being a glider. Well, but did you see the throws on it? No, I, mean, I guess I did because I because I watched one of his rolls and I <laughs> I noted how far the ailerons were were moving. I was like, okay, yeah, that was like a three D airplane. It sure did. I mean, he was treating it like it. Yeah, and uh, point rolls and loops and <laughs> yeah, no snaps. And then, and then it was but, funny though because like the engine went out on it and then it became a glider. What it was supposed to do and it just slowed down so nicely and came right around. He was able to land it and yeah, it flew. I mean, it looked completely different when it was not under power. Yeah, almost comical. A glider (laughs) should not, you know, a traditional glider should not fly like that. But that thing was quite sprightly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. uh, It was fun to watch. Yeah, did some damage to the rudder though. (laughs) So, so the so the turbine is mounted atop the fuselage, directly atop in line with the vertical stabilizer. So he atop. So yeah, atop is a word. (laughs) I, that's true. I, I, I was would, it not mounted on top of the fuselage? On top, yes, it was mounted on top Atop. of it. <laughs> so okay, okay. My choice of words is funny. I guess. Yes, it's eighteen ninety two. 
Uh, okay. It was mounted atop of it. <laughs> Let me tilt my hat to you. Good day, sir. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so anyway, he landed. You know, after the uh, after the the engine quit, and he he glided into a landing. Is glided? Is that he glid? He glided. <laughs> He glid into it. Glid into a landing. I, I noticed that there was a, a fair amount of covering missing from his rudder. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he had much on there anymore. It was uh, it was pretty much bare And bones. what was left looked like it was melted. Yeah. Um, he, he had some heat. Uh, uh, oh, what was it? Some some heat shielding on the front of the rear yeah, stab. some kind of tape that he said the, put on there. Yeah, but... Uh, when the rudder moves out to each side, obviously, with the grade of throws that he had on there, because the throws on that were huge, yeah, it got a little warm. Right. So, so. Uh, you can't shrink that anymore. Right. <laughs> so, by the way, I did I did take a lot of pictures, uh, and and uh, you know, I'll have my wife help me post <laughs> those onto the site so you guys can see them. But yeah, you'll see the you'll see onto, the onto Facebook. Yeah. Sorry, on I meant that's what I meant Facebook. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, you can put them on the site too if you want to. Huh? No, you can put them on the Facebook. I'll it's put them okay. on, the, on the book of faces. On the on the Facebook. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, there'll be uh, pictures of that, and you'll see the the turbine powered glider. I still those three words should not go together. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. But uh, they did, and it worked pretty good on that one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. oh, I don't know. I'm about finished. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. Did you want to talk about maybe what we had planned for this weekend? What yeah. we would try try to accomplish, maybe give them something to give us something to update on our next episode. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I think uh, we're going to try to get out to the field. Yes. Um, probably on Friday. Um, you're gonna that SBOC that you you posted the video of. You're gonna try and fly right. that, right? Yeah, I got a few things I want to finish up. I have to find some bolts for the wing and then uh, fix that little patch on the turtle deck. But actually, so you have another plane that size. That, I do that you can no longer right. fit in the car you have. <laughs> is right. this one is this one going to fit in it or have you checked it? I haven't tried yet. Uh, <laughs> it's the same, you know, it's a 50cc airplane so I'm I'm assuming that I will probably run into the same issue. Now, can you take the horizontal stabs off on that one? I can. Yeah. Well, so it, that should help a little bit. It will. Bit. Yeah, and because but, then I can take the the rudder and, you know, stick it directly between the two front seats and get the room I need. So, what what you have to have a plan coming up for something else because well the plan the the plan right now is uh to fix the other 50 to, so the other one is a carden yak no 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 i mean you have to have a plan of finding a way to get these to the field other than that small car you have now or the small suv well i wish i could say i had a plan but i don't um i i tell you what though what i would love to hear from from anyone who has run into this issue and how they've solved it in the past, um, I know don't get big airplanes. But no, no, aside no, no. from that, no, 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 that's <laughs> never the solution. Aside from that, if you have a good idea for uh, you know a, a plane transportation vehicle or or some other alternate means for getting your big airplanes to the field, I'm all ears. Uh, hit us up. You know, put a put a post on our Facebook page, or you can text us or uh, message us, or I'm sorry, email us. And uh, or send pictures, pictures. I like pictures. Yeah. So, but I do have a plan. Okay. In the interim, uh, to get at least one of the big airplanes to the field, and I can take the stabs off the new one, and then I'm developing a plan to make it so that I can take the stabs off the Yak. 
which originally you could, no. but the what, previous owner. What, what's the Yak? Which one is that? So that's the big Cardin edition, uh, the the white, yellow, purple thing that kind of sits up in the back of my shop that never moves. But what Yak, what is it, a 54, 55? It's a 54, I'm sorry. It's a oh. Yak 54. Well, I have an idea. I'm listening. You should just give it to me. <laughs> I should. You right. should. I then you should. don't have to worry about it. Then I, mean, I would never have to worry about it again. Who needs two big planes? Well, then you would have two big planes. That's not a big plane. <laughs> who needs not two compared to your big plane? I guess. Okay. All right. I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then you wouldn't have to worry though about transporting or storing. I mean, well, that's true. You don't have a lot of room to store both of those big planes, do you? Well, I, I mean, they're being stored right now. Hmm. Point taken. <laughs> Although I mean, I have, they're not sitting out in the yard or anything like that. Although I, mean, I have no room to store anything else either, so right. I guess that's okay. Right. Never mind. Yeah, I might still try and work on that later, but for now, I'm done. Yeah, so I'm I'm all ears. If somebody has a has a great solution that they've found for getting big airplanes, you know, to their flying location, I'm all ears. Yeah, and uh, okay, so I don't want to complain much because I I don't like that vibe, but seriously, I have a little airplane trailer. It used to be $18 a year oh boy. for a Here license plate. Do you know how much I pay now? Uh, well, I guess. I do know. Right. Because I have a little trailer as well. Just a little utility trailer. $118. It went yeah. from $18 to $118. Yep. Not only that, we have four trailers. Yeah, you guys have a lot of trailers out here. Four freaking trailers. <laughs> 118 for one, 118 for another, 154 for the other, for the, yeah. 154 for the fourth one. For the big one, yeah. I mean, just it's crazy. And it used to be fifty-four bucks and eighteen dollars a piece. Right. They all went up by four hundred extra dollars a yeah. year just yeah. for trailers yeah. that we pull once or once twice a year or twice a year. I know. Anyway, I know. Get off your soapbox. Sorry, you're right. I I didn't mean to go into that, but that that irks <laughs> Stop me. Stop bringing everybody down, Ron. <laughs> That's just so annoying. Yeah, we're talking about airplanes, not. The cost of well, getting them to the you're, field. You're going to deal with that then if, you, if you're going to buy a, a trailer or something. That's absolutely true. Um, and to be honest, Lori actually suggested the trailer issue or the, or the trailer. Oh, know, did she? Yeah. The idea? Um, and I'm, I'm still not, you know, I, I, and not just for the $118 for the plates, um, you know, then I have to have a place to put the trailer, right? It's got to sit somewhere. I don't want to sit in my yard. I don't want to sit down on the street. People, you know, no, definitely not on the street. Whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe maybe I just need a different vehicle. Like so, I'll get into yeah. the backstory a little bit. So I used to own a suburban, a full size, a full size SUV. Yeah. That's the biggest one that Chevy makes, right? And uh, it was an older one, but I mean, you know, still ran and drive, and it was like the perfect. Uh, airplane transportation vehicle, even even a 50cc, the back end of that thing, I could probably fit two of them in there, you know, side by side and have room for the wing bags and, you know, and everything and all the other ancillary stuff that you take to the field. Um, and through no fault of my wife, I know she takes the blame for this and she shouldn't because it was a decision we both made. No, it's her fault. <laughs> She's listening, um, I'm sure. It's, it's your fault, Lori. <laughs> Um, that exp- that vehicle was more expensive really to keep than the, the SUV that, uh, that I have now, which actually was hers that she gave to me when she got a, a new SUV that's smaller even. So yeah, right now the biggest big vehicle we own is, is this SUV and, and we sold the Suburban because it was ultimately more expensive to keep the Suburban. So, um, I kind of. 
Not ultimately. Not in the grand scheme of things. Now that you're talking about buying something else True. that's bigger. But I mean, I'm I'm only I'm only in the in the idea phase. I haven't committed to buying anything yet. So. Yeah. Um, and I and I imagine if I can get the workaround with my yak, if I can get those stabs to where they come off like they were originally intended, yeah. Um, then I think my problem is solved, and then it, it'll be a it'll be a moot point. And those are the best kind of points to be. Are they? So. I mean, are you are you leaning more towards a trailer or more towards like I'm gonna, buying another vehicle? No, no, I'm leaning towards fixing the yak so that I can put it in the vehicle I have, <laughs> so I don't have to buy anything else. Okay, I, I guess I can see that. Yeah, but I, I mean, ultimately, like way, way, lay, you know, way down the road. I mean, it, and it's going to depend on on really what what the future holds for me and the hobby, right? I mean, fifty cc that's about the biggest I'm I'm willing honestly to to um bring into the hangar because so big airplanes are great i love them like your your big yak is awesome i love that thing but i would literally have there'd be no way to get that in my house because i have a small house and everything i have airplane wise is in the basement so not only would i have to get it in the house then i have to make the turn to go down the stairs and then i have to make the turn to get it in the shop and then once it's in my little shop there's physically i would have to get rid of a lot of other airplanes that i really really like yeah you know so 50 cc is kind of the cutoff and if i can make make it work with the vehicle i own then i'm you know i don't need anything else I mean, it yeah. would be nice to put a 50cc in the in the car, mm-hmm. and then also maybe a you know a little 40 size or a couple of electric planes or whatever. You know, because I like to have kind of a a multitude a of things board, to, if to you fly. will. Yeah, I hate that <laughs> I say that too much. No, I will if you mind. I willing. <laughs> okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you for uh, accommodating. There you go. <laughs> if you will, I. I Sorry, I guess listeners. I, will I hopefully he takes this out but if he doesn't i apologize <laughs> no it's, and not it's funny i catch myself saying that if you will and and i'll pause so we can maybe edit it out later and i didn't catch it that time so <laughs> i apologize and it happens i mean you know, tom's idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. okay so anyway yeah anything else you want to talk about no i think that uh, i think that pretty much covers it and i'm serious if you guys have a great idea for a tra- uh, plane transportation uh, system, yeah, hit us, hit me up. I'm, I'm all ears. Better yet, if you have a bad idea, or yeah, doesn't have, doesn't have to be bad a good idea. Ideas, Make it a bad yeah. idea. Yeah, Send bad it to ideas him and let him know. Are, are great ideas. I told him bungee cords on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> probably not going to do that. That's uh, that would make for an interesting picture, though. Maybe I'll go. take a picture of it and just tell everybody <laughs> I did that. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, then no, I'm I think good. I'm finished too. So. Everybody, until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Goodbye. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.